Amy Ingerbretson here, professional skier, dog mom, cat lover, podcaster, and your host for Warren Miller Entertainment's Long Underwear. In this podcast, we are sitting down with world-class athletes and industry legends. Nothing is off limits except for one rule. After introductions, there are no more mentions of skiing or snowboarding allowed. We are stripping off the layers and getting to know the skiers and riders underneath the gear. Welcome to Long Underwear. Hi, I'm meteorologist Joel Gratz with Open Snow. Finding the best snow takes local knowledge, which is why our team of local forecasters write a daily snow commentary focusing on Tahoe, Utah, Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, the Northwest, and the Northeast. Go to opensnow.com or download the Open Snow app for iPhone or Android. Search for and then favorite your local daily snow and read it each morning to always know where and when to find the best powder. Hey everybody, welcome to Long Underwear. I am Amy, of course, and today on the podcast, I am joined by Leah Evans. Hello, Leah. Welcome to Long Underwear Podcast. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, and we are in your home in Revelstoke, British Columbia, and it's there's a lot of snow out there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you, so yeah, we'll talk about skiing for a sec at the beginning. Um, You are born and raised in British Columbia as a skier, and just maybe kind of like tell us a little bit more about that and like your kind of brief history background but more what I'm curious is about is you know I as a skier from the U.S. am obsessed with British Columbia and wish I could live here so bad so like in your mind's eye like what is the best part of being a skier up here? Mm-hmm. Yeah so I grew up in Rosslyn, BC which is I currently now live in Revelstoke but had a little bit of a journey to land in Revelstoke and I grew up ski racing until I was 13 and I so badly wanted to be like a famous ski racer. And unfortunately, as it played out, I didn't get to live that part of the story. But what I did get instead of ski racing is a pair of twin tips and <laughs> the opportunity to learn how to ski powder. And then just kind of like went from there of free ride competitions, etc. Um, and where I grew up was total tree skiing, powder, etc. So being from BC and always coming back home to BC after trips, you just realize the snow and the trees and just the whole kind of menu options that we have here in BC is so amazing. Well, they're really, really big mountains with like crazy varied terrain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember, so I met you when I was first starting out my ski career. We met working on Pretty Faces um, I was up here. I was supposed to be filming up here, but I just blown my knee. I think mm-hmm. that's the first time I met you. Yeah. And then you invited me on my first ever heli skiing. Mm-hmm. The first time. And it was like, I had been injured that year. I'd been in an avalanche. I was like so beat down. I was like, oh, like this whole pro ski thing's not going to work. And then you called me and you were like, hey, there's this opportunity to film this promotional video for Stellar Heli. Like, can you come to Canada in two days and heli ski? And I was like, Yes, and it was just, like, one of those definitely moments, like, where I was, like, an attitude shift. Like, Mm -hmm. it was, like, you were – and I know that you've been that person for a lot of people. And, like, I've, you know, I think myself, but, like, many, many people, and especially women, have looked up to your skiing forever. And I just think that, um, like, you skiing here in BC is, like – I'm, like, oh, God, that's just the best. Mm -hmm. Like, It's it's so cool, too, because it's a – It's a big place, but there's not as many people. Mm -hmm. So then I think there's a lot of opportunities. So it's just been so fun to get to know people and be like, oh, this could help here or we could go do this trip. And um, 
yeah, I'm really stoked to... And Revy's such a hub. Too. Oh, yeah, such a hub and just... It's such a good community, too. Uh-huh. Yeah, I love it here. I've been here for the last few days, and it's been great. Um, so, kind of recently, we can talk about your... I, well, I, I just want to know what it was like to work on Dream Job, <laughs> the project that you were a part of that came out. You worked on it last year, and it came out last fall. What's For the people listening who don't know, because you should know, what is Dream Job? Yeah, so Dream Job, um, we're actually in the room where my previous roommate, Katie Burrell... Oh, Katie um, Burrell lived with you? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Um, so she's a stand-up comedian and her and along, like alongside a filmmaker named Colleen Gentleman, um, Colleen had this idea and they put it in for a story hive grant, which is, um, this body now that you can get filming grants Mm -hmm. and they randomly got it and they're like, okay, we've got to make this movie. And it went through a few renditions and Mm -hmm. then they landed on what it was going to be. And the filming was quite easy. Right. Um, but also very funny and, like, <laughs> really hard to be, like, an actor. Right. Um, and especially when you know all the people involved, like, it was really challenging to get into those roles and then be in them and not laugh. Yeah, totally. Um, but, yeah, it was just, like, Dream Job was so awesome. It hit on, like, so many elements of, like, female skiing, comedy, yeah. and just a lot of things that I think the ski industry hasn't seen yet. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's 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 satirical. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little mockumentary style. And I personally just love when there's lightheartedness and funny stuff in the ski industry. And so I thought it was just so refreshing. Like, yeah, there's some really good skiing, but it's just really funny. And I love when people can, like, kind of make fun of the situation, which mm-hmm. you stepping into that role is basically that. But I just, for everyone, I don't know if it's online yet, but it will be. Yeah, um, it we, is online, okay. actually. Um, and I've watched it so many times now that I can, like, directly quote all of it. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. It's so funny. You guys definitely have to watch it. Well, before we stop talking about skiing, I want you to um, talk to me more about your Girls Do Ski camps and programs, because that's basically the, the most of what you do at this point, right, is running those camps. Yeah, I'd say it's like half of what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so Girls Do Ski started 13 years ago. 13 years ago? Oh my gosh. So I always did it, but like kept it smaller. And then it's been in the last five years that we've really grown it and right. scaled it, etc. Um, but it's still like the core of gathering females, focusing on that community and bringing together those skills mm-hmm. and then getting those tools and then going back out into the world and being like, hey, I learned something or I have this newfound confidence mm-hmm. and I'm able to progress or just... Yeah, just be a better version of yourself. So it's, like, it's much more than a ski camp. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We work a lot on, like, mental, like, mind frames and Mm. just techniques and stuff to, like, get you out of the hole of certain ways of thinking. Right, right. And I feel like a lot of times those, like, can be really easily illustrated through skiing. Like, hey, Mm -hmm. I'm scared of this mogul field. But then you can take that into your real life totally all the time and you're like why do I never commit to things right right (laughs) you're like I just have to do like one step at a time and like get somewhere so yeah definitely the lessons are very much transferable to life yeah that's awesome well I feel like I want to come to a girls do ski camp (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah we just finished one so we do everything from resort base camps to intro to ski touring and then we just finished up a guides training course so a guides training through girls to ski. Yes. Oh, wow. So it was like three days and we did everything from like crevasse rescue to oh, wow. learning how to break a good track to yeah, following downhill and 
um, crevasse rescue, etc. Yeah. So wow, that's like, awesome. Yeah, it's kind of the course that like I always wanted to take. So yeah, it was it's so fun to be involved. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, it's been really cool to watch it just kind of grow and become something really awesome that the mm-hmm. industry totally needs and then just work with like women need within the world. Yeah, totally. Nice. Well, okay. Let's stop talking about skiing. What do you think about that? Sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's called the S word. We don't say it. There's not like a real penalty if you say it, but sometimes I'd get cookies if you say skiing. So. Nice. <laughs> so I'm trying not to say it. I usually end up saying it, but um, yeah. Okay. Here we go. Okay. So kind of um, piggybacking, you know, from your camp, your women's camp, um, what does it mean to you to be a woman, female, like what does the word feminism mean to you? And I kind of mean that more in like you, to me as a person, when I think of you, I think of you as a woman who has an insane ability to connect with other women, to support them, bring them up. And like that, I think is a skill that not all women have. And so I just, I kind of want you to like, I want to learn from you basically. How do you do that? And what is like being a woman with other women like mean to you? Mm-hmm. I think it can transfer, like, beyond just being a female, too. Sure. Um, But the way that I've kind of always, like, framed it in my mind is that you can see that person as your competitor or you can see them as your enabler. Mm -hmm. And if there's other people doing better than you, you're able to rise up. Right. And the bar keeps on going up and up. Right. The more people there are, the better, like, you can internally get, too. Right. And I like that because that's then elevating everybody um, versus just yourself. Right. Um, and I think you see that within different circles. So yes, I'm involved in the S word. Yeah. S word. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but I think just like you see it in business or like, totally there's just all like little pods and communities and those are just the same as female skiing. Yeah. Of just bringing people up to a higher frequency. Yeah. And what do you think it is about, um, women in different places, it makes that a little bit like that. The, co- the competitiveness between women in all walks of life, I think is different than the competitiveness between women and men and men and men. And like, what, like, what do you think you've learned other than just like this mindset? Okay. See people differently. Like sometimes you can have that mindset, like oh, I'm going to see you this way, but then someone else is relating back to you. Like, what do you have like a thought process or kind of a way you've gone about kind of, I just feel like you're so good at bringing people in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something I just really admire about you. Mm, thanks. <laughs> um, I think it's ego, too. A lot of times yeah. you're like, what is driving this decision or this competition? And then you have to, like, put the mirror up and be like, okay, what is my ego kind of mm-hmm. doing in this scenario? Mm-hmm. And, like, I've seen so many different ladies do different things, like, especially on skis. Mm-hmm. I'll see them do something, and I'm like, wow, that's possible. Right. And then it opens up, like, a whole new, like, thought process of being, like, well, they did it. Like, there's no reason I can't do it. Right. So I think if you're constantly trying to elevate that, but then you're supporting, like, everyone to get there, Mm. I think that's how it tips the scales of so many, especially, like, now we're seeing so many young girls, like, crushing it. Right. And I'm, like, that makes me so happy. And that's just because... If you alienate people, then it's only going to be a certain few people on top, which, like, that gets lonely. Mm. But if you bring people in and create, like... people with you. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's just going to keep on, like, spreading and spreading. And I think we've done a really good job of that in our sport. 
um, I look at like maybe snowboarding and there's not as many young girls coming up right. to replace the next generation. But I just wonder what that even looks like, even in the scope of like just young girls outside of our industry and our sport of like within everything. I was having a really interesting conversation with someone recently about women in politics mm-hmm. and how there's this really weird statistic, um, like, cause there's, there's not as many women in government positions um but a lot less women run than men in general and there's this weird statistic about like for local governments and local like politics and stuff that women have to be basically invited or asked to run for office a minimum of eight times before they'll even consider it and I thought that was just like Hmm. such a weird it was a woman who ran a group that helps women get into politics yeah and I was just like what like what is that why is that and like how is that going to change like and I think it's what you're saying it's like I don't know, like, kind of bringing everybody up together, and I just, Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's, like, a weird... It's, like, a mass movement, right? Mm, Yeah. So, if you only have a few people, it's never going to be that critical mass that tips the scales. Right. And I think that's so important in female sports, especially, because you need a role model, and once you have a role model, you step into that position, you're creating another role model for another person, it's just, like, this chain reaction, too. Yeah. I think the takeaway of just, like, the enabler versus competitor, like, Mm -hmm. boom easy yeah (laughs) I can remember that totally and like that's not to be said that I'm not competitive sure I I have learned that it's like lonely if you don't have friends and like well you can be competitive without being like alienating yeah totally yeah I agree with that um okay for a little bit of a simpler question (laughs) (laughs) less layered Leah do you have a spirit animal uh, I wouldn't say totally, but I would love to be, like, some kind of bird. I think that would be yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What kind? Like, like, um... Well, this is, like, awesome. The, I was ski touring once upon a time, <laughs> and I was going up the skin track, and this bird came out of nowhere, and uh-huh. it was all white, and I was like, oh, my God, a dove. It was white? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wow, I just saw a dove. I wonder what that means. And, like, was thinking pretty deep level, and then I was like, I don't think there's doves here. No. And it was a ptarmigan. Oh. <laughs> Which, but they, they change colors yeah. in the winter, so. Yeah. I was like, oh, that was... So sometimes I think of, like, ptarmigans or doves. Yeah. Like, well, then you could, like, you could be both, right? If yeah. If you're switching colors throughout totally. the seasons. Yeah. Kind of, like, able to fly around, but then, like, adapt to the situation. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, so maybe I'm a ptarmigan. <laughs> that sounds, like, less glamorous, yeah, totally. but... <laughs> We'll go with that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe if you look into it deeper. Yeah. Um, what do you think, you know, outside of your work as a professional S-worder, what do you what do you think is like your best quality as a human being? Um, I love connecting people. Mm. And sometimes I think of it as like I'm a used car salesman, like not <laughs> in the best like term. I don't want to be like a salesperson, but for example, if you're like, hey, I'm selling my car, and I'd be like, I'm like, oh, bingo, got this person. Yeah. Connect them. Yeah. And it's same with what people's skill sets are. I right. get to know them, and I'm like, they're really good at this. And then, like, down the road, someone will ask me, and I, like, can't, like, move on until I make the connection. Connection. That's really cool. So it's... Connector. Yeah, it's always happening. And I find I love meeting people, too. So the more people I meet, the more people I can be like, oh, I need to, like, plug you into this person. Yeah. Or, like... Yeah. That's cool. That's a great skill. Yeah. Great skill as someone who knows you, too. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Um, Okay. Flipping that coin a little bit, you're, like, such a positive, like, person. I want to know, like, do you have any pet peeves? Like, what is something that just totally bothers you, even if it's, like, small or whatever? Mm -hmm. Um, 
I have a hard time when people don't work hard. Ugh. Um, and I just find, yeah, sometimes work ethics, like, I have such a strong work ethic that totally. maybe I think things should be a certain way. And then just, I don't know, when you're in a job situation or, yeah, yeah you're like, can't you just... Or working like with a team of any sort, yeah. Yeah, or, like, they can't see the opportunities. Right. And they're like kind of maybe go down the negative circle and you're like, okay, you just need to work a little bit harder and like right. there's this opportunity and then it'll get to you to the next step. Right. Um, so I think, yeah, just work ethic sometimes. Yeah. Ugh, I can really relate to that for sure. Because I think that having a work ethic is like one of the most important things. I was, I was talking to this kid who was like applying to colleges the other day mm-hmm. on the chairlift and he was freaking out about it. And I'm like, look, I feel like what's important, like more than what school you go to is that you just learn how to do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it mm-hmm. to the best of your ability. Like, that's it. That's a work ethic. That's all it is. And I feel like, I don't know, it's just not, not everybody has that. No. You yeah. Know, I think everybody can have it, mm-hmm. but I don't think everybody naturally has it. So mm-hmm. I feel you there. Yeah. yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, right, taking the left turn. I think when I like thought of these questions, maybe I was a little crazy, but <laughs> what was, what's the best concert you've ever been to? Uh, well, I love music so much, mm. and I think the best concert that I have ever been to was when we did the Cabin Jams film, and that was oh, a couple yeah. of years ago, um, when we brought in the musicians to translate wilderness into song. Yes. So this was, like, a crazy idea I oh, had. Oh, this is such a cool film. Everybody at home, you have to go watch this. Yeah, and I was like, okay, like, maybe this can work. It was just, like, so conceptual. Right. And then we, they're, like, gems of humans, and we brought them all together, and then we found out that the quietest place to kind of perform was outside, because mm. we didn't have the reverberations of the walls, etc. Right. And so, you were in, like, a backcountry hut, like, back really remote. Hut. Totally. And were these people, were they part of a band, or were they just random musicians? They were all folks I know from Rebel Soak. Okay. Um, two individual musicians, and then a couple, like, duo. hmm And, yeah, we kind of just, like, jammed them together. And yeah. Their chemistry worked really good. Yeah. Uh, and then... Connections. Connections, totally. <laughs> And then they performed outside at sunrise. Yeah. And it was, like, mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, the video is amazing, so I can't imagine what it was like in real life. Yeah, you're just, like, in, it just got you in the heartstrings. You're like, oh, like, oh so nice. so cool. Yeah. And it's called Cabin Jams, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it turned out to be, like, a seven-minute film. Yeah. And then it was super cool because we could extend it. Um, we mastered one of the songs that we re- recorded outside. Mm-hmm. So that means that now we can play it on the radio. Mm. So when people listen to it, they're actually connected to that experience. Oh, wow. So it was kind of this, like, gateway for people to be... They could sing, a so- like, a word from the song, and they would have lived something maybe from that yeah. wilderness yeah. bit, like, space. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I had this whole big idea of, like, wanting to take it to old folks' homes and, like, places where, like, you don't normally get all this stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that being said, is that was like for sure the best concert I've ever yeah, been no to. Kidding. Yeah, no kidding. Oh my gosh, I don't think anyone yeah. top that. Do you play any instruments? No, or not at all. But you just yeah. love music. I love music. Like, yeah, I can't hold a beat. Like, I never learned how to play anything. Yeah. Like the musicians were like, "Whoa, we had no idea you were like musically inclined." Yeah. But you just appreciate it. Totally. Is there, like, just kind of any, all genres? Uh, I like singer, like, folk music, and then I love, like, electronic music. Oh, yeah. So, But then, like, Maggie Rogers, like, is, yeah. like, the in-between yeah. scene. Mm, I love that. I love her. She's, mm-hmm. like, she, I think she has the, 
like five of the top 10 songs on my start playlist nice. in yeah. Spotify right now. Yeah, she's. I think she's just an awesome human. Yeah, gosh, what was this? I There's some really cool interview I saw. I think it was with... Um, Oh, Pharrell Williams. Pharrell Williams. Yeah. Get that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Did you... Yeah, a, I've watched... Like, I watch a lot of those you've videos. You've seen it of, all. Like, um, Biblioteca. Mm. I love just, like, music in weird spaces. And, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I'm into those things. Yeah. Like, Tiny Desk, but, like, the, like, totally. hardcore of the Tiny yeah, yeah. Desks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Those, there's, there's a few of the Tiny Desks I go back and I, like, watch over and over and yeah. over again. Even, like, one of my favorites is the Adele one. Oh, yeah. Because she sits there... And she is just sitting in this chair, and she's wearing gloves, and she's just holding her handbag, and she's sitting super awkwardly, just, like, upright, holding her handbag, then just singing, like, crazy, like, mm-hmm. crazy emotional, but, like, nothing's happening in her body, and it yeah. was just, like, one of the, like, most, I think it was one of the most interesting ones to watch. Yeah, I'll have to go back and rewatch it, It's too. one of, like, for, yeah. especially for, like, such a pop star, like, yeah. it's, uh, I think it's one of my favorite ones, cool. actually. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of them. The Arcade Fire one's really funny. Really, yeah. Because there's so many of them in there. Totally. Anyways. Okay. So the next question is our POWs question. So we have a question every episode that's presented by Protect Our Winners, um, which I know you are involved with in the Canadian form and um, kind of in like a pretty like generic way. Like if you could ask every human being on the planet to do one thing. Just to make the planet a better place. Not even necessarily towards climate change, but just in general. Like, what would you ask of every human? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a big one. I don't know. That's like a layered question in the fact that, like, we're reaching this critical point where I just feel like folks are so disconnected. Mm. And that's, like, as an outdoor enthusiast, etc. like, I get to see a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also get to see how they've changed or industries moved in, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I've been grappling with like this connected, disconnected mentality and how like as for everyone, how do they get more connected? Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like if we saw what we were doing to, to the earth, yeah. yeah. Or like or by throwing something out or, or like by buying something new, the ramifications of that, mm-hmm. then you would not maybe want to do it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. Like how you would connect everybody, but, and then also, like, what that would mean if you have so many new people going into, like, nature, etc. Right. Um, but yeah, I think I've thought about this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is, I know that you've been involved with Jumbo Wild and, mm-hmm. like, the protection, that's a, is it a wilderness area up here? Um, so it's just got, we have this new designation that it's indigenous protected area. It is. And that's the first of its kind. So it, in it, British it, Columbia. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, across, there's one other one, but, um, across the planet or I mean across East, like North America, sorry, or? Canada, Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like, what is that like process basically been like, cause like, I just, I don't know. All I know is what, like I've read and you know donated and Mm -hmm. text links and that stuff but like um for people that maybe don't know like the process that you've gone through of basically saving um a piece of land from development like what was that like Mm -hmm. well it was really like it was amazing because this has been going on since I was a kid so Mm. my dad was super involved etc and specifically on the Jumbo Wild yeah like he 
never wanted it to go through. So I think that's where that stewardship got created mm. for me mm-hmm. and just the awareness, et cetera. And then I've been working really closely with a nonprofit called WildSite. Mm-hmm. And they were one of the key promoters and facilitators of the Keep Jumbo Wild campaign. So through that, I've gotten to know a lot of people there and I've learned a ton Mm -hmm. and I've made really good friends. And just the process that they've gone through is there's so much that's Mm -hmm. happened. So um, yeah, the developer um, wanted to challenge the environmental assessment that didn't get passed. Um, And then that moved into um, a few different court cases etc. So to sum it all up, I think what that's meant for me is just trying to become educated on the topic and having that network. So if I don't know something, I can reach out and be like, hey, what is actually going on Find here? someone who does know. Yeah. yeah. And what does this mean for the grizzly bears or what does this mean for the Tanaha, the local First Nation? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just kind of getting all the facts mm-hmm. and just showing up whenever possible. Mm-hmm. of I'm here to support mm-hmm. and FaceTime. Yep, totally. Mm-hmm. And here just to promote and spread it to my community mm-hmm. and just kind of be that gateway for people to ask questions. Yeah, and then and to have, you know, success essentially is just totally like, so yeah. Cool. And it's like so mind blowing. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. And yeah. once you've been involved in a campaign like this, you just see how much like blood, sweat and tears people put into it. Right. And like you're one single part of the equation mm. to like all these other people that have full time jobs and do this like on top of having like six kids or yeah. four kids and they're like so dedicated to protecting these spaces and it's just been so cool to connect with people that are living and breathing and like doing anything they possibly can to protect wild wild spots. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Well, mm-hmm. so I'm glad it worked. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's a lot more now, like, having seen how the campaign ran, etc. It's a lot more to be done. There's so much more to be done. It kind of, like, opens up this wild can of worms of your, like, okay, well, what about this place? And Mm -hmm. if you protect it based on, like, this animal, then it's not protecting this. And, like, Mm. I just... They're complicated. They're super complicated, but it's really nice to have mentorship, too. Sure. Or um, if you volunteer with a nonprofit you really learn the ins and outs of mm-hmm. um, campaigns or issues, et cetera. I've, I've recently become, like, super obsessed with um, just trying to get more involved in, like, super local politics. Yeah. That's, like, oh, cool. my new kind of, like, yeah. weird obsession that I want to learn more about just because I think it's something that's it's not popular, it's not flashy, mm-hmm. but it's where a lot of actual change happens. Totally. Um, like, county commissioner is, like, one of the most important government offices in the U.S., and, like, most people have, like, never even heard that term. So, right. like, that's become my new, like, yeah. rabbit hole that I'm flying down. Cool. But, yeah, yeah. Maybe you should run for office. I'll be yeah. the first person totally. to suggest it to you. Yeah. I don't think you're the kind of person that needs eight people to su- yeah. suggest anything to you. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I've actually been, because I'm an ACMG hiking guide in the summertime, mm-hmm. so I've been spending like a lot of time with youth groups and I work for the same folks behind Jumbo Wild Site. Mm-hmm. So I take youth and like we go on these tours of different um how industry is affected, different places and then we go into protected wilderness and then through like different landscapes that have been affected by forest fires, etc. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've just been learning so much in the last four years of yeah. the natural ecosystem because I'm basically a storyteller. Right. 
So I need to know, like, so much about nature and animals and, like, it's been so fun. Yeah. And then you, like, bring people into the story of, like, they could walk past a flower and, like, never think Think anything of it. it. Yeah. And then you tell them, like, how this flower is, like, 100 years old and, like, it takes, it's, like, the size of a quarter and... Yeah. Yeah, it only blooms when it has enough, like, nutrients, etc. So then they, like, they get to know them and they, like... It's so cool because they'll be walking by. They're like, oh, my God, they're so beautiful. <laughs> or, like, they won't step on them or they'll appreciate yeah. them. And I think thinking of it as a storytelling is a really, really nice thought. Mm-hmm. And, like, a good, yes. Like, yes, that's what you are doing. That's what matters. Totally. And then I think that to loop it back to that conversation of, like, what's one thing that people can do? And I think we all have to become stewards. Mm. Maybe that's my answer to the yeah. question. Stewards of something. Yeah, of the earth, I yeah. think. Because she doesn't have a human voice. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's nice. Well, okay. So we do this in every episode of the podcast. And I ask you to tell me two highs and one low of the last year of your life, completely apart from the S word. Like, no, no, it can't Mm -hmm. have to do with your career or anything in that vein. So just like all the other facets of your life, Leah, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Two highs and a low. Um, there's been so much. It's like, I have to always like look on my phone now to be like, okay, what did I do this year? (laughs) Sure. I mean, it doesn't have to be exactly a year, give or take. (laughs) Totally. Um, so last year I got to tour around with the film Treeline Mm -hmm. and I haven't really spent that much time in Europe. Mm -hmm. I've been a lot of time in BC (laughs) and then in the States as well. But, um, just to go to Europe and like walk on cobblestone streets and be like, wow, how many people have walked this place before and like have those like really romantic moments right of like seeing something and experiencing where all did you go um went to like switzerland and france and um germany like when i flew to germany i was like maybe this is where the war was (laughs) (laughs) or like just having these like yeah i don't know like it was just so cool to be like a bright-eyed person right and like dreamy like versus being like so realistic of like no I've been here before you turn left like yeah I don't like that restaurant like yeah. kind of thing um so I think that was like a really big highlight of yeah just being like a traveler again and like yeah um seeing new places totally different places yeah. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, just spending a lot of time. We ran a backcountry lodge this summer, mm-hmm. and then I think that was another highlight of just getting to know the landscape and getting to know certain people and, like, hanging out with them. And it was, yeah, just yeah. really nice to be invited into, like, a... I was oh. sad when you invited me up and I couldn't make yeah, it. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I wish. Yeah, it's so cool up there, too. Yeah. Will you be there this summer again? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's also really cool of, like, I'm bringing different events into the, the space, too, mm-hmm. so it's really fun to be really creative of how people can gain stewardship, but they're, like, they don't actually even know that they're, yeah. like, getting educated on things. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, some lows, um... Just one. It doesn't even have to, yeah. just, like, whatever comes to your mind. Totally. I don't know. I just, like, I think maybe just lows, you just, like, have these moments where, like, you're really tired because mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're a human who does a lot sometimes it's like the wave crashes mm-hmm. and you're just like you lost your board and you're like okay I need to swim <laughs> yeah uh, totally. and yeah I think I just like had one of those moments in the spring where I was like whoa I'm tired yeah from doing all the a things lot. that I do 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely get that a lot. But then I sometimes I have people in my life go, well, Amy, you you do this to yourself. Like, you sign on for all these things. You say mm-hmm. yes to all these things. And they're like, you need to learn how to say no. And it's like, I, like yeah, I hear you. Mm-hmm. But, like, I can do it. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. Like, it's like part of me is like, okay, yeah, I need to learn how to prioritize and say no. Like, of course. But then part of me is like, I'm always going to be a yes person. Yeah. And I love that about myself. But then sometimes, yeah, you just... I've Get also tired. just, like, accepted it, too. Yeah. Of like, that's who I am. Mm-hmm. And, like, the momentum will build and I'll, like... I just... I love the surfing analogy because you're, yeah. like... You're, like, paddling out and you're all fired up. <laughs> yeah. You have the energy to actually, like, get on the wave. Yeah. And then you, like, drop in and you're doing, like, six zillion things. And then, like, it slowly, like, starts, like, cresting. And, yeah, then you, like, ride it in. And then the end you're, like, okay, I, I don't think I can go for <laughs> go another back, one. Yeah. Or you crash or, like, yeah. whatever. But I think just the people we surround ourselves with are extreme athletes. Mm-hmm. And I think you have just a level of extremeness that will always exist. Sure. Totally. That I think once you accept it, you're just like, okay, this, this is who I, I do. am. Like, how am I going to manage it when I crash? Yeah. That's, um, what, that's what I like. That's something that someone said to me that hasn't been said before. Yeah. So maybe I can add that in. Yeah. and then Rather just, than just don't say yes so much. Totally. And then <laughs> just one other thing that I've been doing, and I started it from last May, is I've been doing a morning meditation mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. And that's helped so much. How, how, like, how long do you? 5, 10, 15. Mm-hmm. Super. But it's just like... Have you started on your own or have you used like any sort of like guided resources or anything like that? Yeah, I took a course and then I just learned this like formula and I just do that every day. Really? Yeah. In in the course, does it have a name or something? Yeah, like it's called Theta. Theta yeah. meditation? Yeah, so it's just working with Theta brainwaves mm. and it's awesome. Like, yeah, you get grounded and you go up to your high self and then you come back down mm. and you just do that every morning and the crash for me like hasn't been I'm like well this is sweet like yeah. I don't crash anymore theta meditation yeah because nice. I love this idea mm-hmm. but I find that there's so many different forms and ways of meditation and applying that practice to your life and that sometimes I just feel really lost of mm-hmm. like how to start or which way I want to do it or what kind of, you know like that kind of thing so and I've tried mm-hmm. apps or breathing techniques or things I've learned and I just like I think it's like anything, you just have to find the one that works for you. Totally. And I found, like, taking a course and, like, learning more about it. Right. So then you, like... Totally. You can do, like, your own research of being, like, this seems like it would be suitable for right, me. Right. And, like, I like the premise of it. Right. Well, I will look into that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Last thing is just, did you think of a story that you wanted to share? Yeah. Um, there's so many stories. Though, sure. Of course. like... Yeah, maybe you can guide me into, like, what kind of story you want, and then... Oh, I just think I... Sometimes um, people have brought all kinds of different stories to that table. Like, people have brought stories of, like, things going horribly wrong, um, very funny things. Like, Lexi told a story of pooping her pants on a first date. Nice. Awesome. Like, um, just, uh, I don't know, usually it's something that, like, just strikes people's mind. Like, oh, I remember this weird or crazy or funny thing that happened to me, or... Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. So that's yeah. why I give you guys a little bit of warning sometimes. Totally. I just, like, the only thing that I can really think of as, like, a story, and it's just, it's, re- like, it was just a full-on experience because I just did my ACMG full hiking guide exam mm. this fall. Mm-hmm. And, like... Which is very intensive. Yeah. So yeah. it's, like, navigation. Like, you need to know where you are, what you want to do, like, at all yeah. times. And... Deep in the mountains. Yeah, you're just, you're so deep, and, like, you have to use all your tools and, like... 
etc. And you you get so stressed before and you're like so organized and you have everything and then you like load your backpack and yeah, it was four days and it was just like this crazy journey. Yeah. And like we started at one spot and you're like fully bushwhacking and like leading the way and it was in late September and we had a really rainy September here. Uh-huh. So over the course of four days, like the first day was like kind of good weather, like pouring rain. So you're like on this verge of like being hypothermic, but then you're like trying to keep everybody warm. So Mm -hmm. yeah, you're just like pounding chocolate and like whatever you can, like high, high density. And just, yeah, the second day we woke up, we were in this like really beautiful valley and it like fully snowed on us overnight, like fully snowed. Like, so I had, good thing I brought, like, a winter coat and, like, all this stuff. And, like, you have hiking boots. Like, it's not, like, skiing. No. And it's, like, that weird, like, sleeting, like, snowing level. So it's just wet. Just wet and, like, you're you're just getting, like, cold. Right. (laughs) No matter what. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, just, like, you throughout the days you have to do certain leads. So Mm -hmm. at some point you'll be like, okay, your turn. And -hmm. then you have to know exactly where you are, where you're going. Yeah. And it's... It was this really cool process of, like, taking all the factual information, but then, like, taking intuition and trust and being like, okay, I'm going around this corner. I committed to it. I have no idea what it's going to look like. I've looked at it at Google Earth. I've looked at it on the map. But then you're just, like, coming around and you're, like, presented with, like, a whole other piece of terrain. Yeah. And just knowing that you can manage it. Yeah. It was, like, this really, like, empowering experience. And obviously you passed. I I did pass, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the yeah. last day, too, like, I really value the experience that I've had from skiing because mm-hmm. on my last lead, I, like, the night before I went and looked at it, it was just, like, this massive cirque with all these different avalanche paths. Mm. And from skiing, you're like, okay, I have to be on the left, stay on the left. Right. Like, this is the Learning path. that, like, way you visualize things before you... Totally. Drop in or... Yeah, and yeah. then I, like... I was leading and I got to the bottom of this cirque and it looked completely different. Mm. And I'd taken a photo like you usually do mm-hmm. when you're skiing. Skiing lines. And I was like, no, you just have to trust. Go to the very far left one. Like, and it was like crazy. I'm like. Undulating. Yeah, undulating, like steep train. Like you've got all these people following you. You're like have this pressure of being examined. Sure. And I'm like sweet I'm committed and hiking up and it was like an hour and a half up and then it was just the last crest where I was like yes it was like you made it it was like the zone that we had to be in and like I was like thank god it's awesome yeah and got to the top and I was just like like I had this like internal like proud moment I was like you did it yeah it was just like I haven't yeah, it was cool just to go through that process because I don't know the last time I felt, like, so... Accomplished. Yeah. Mm. And then, yeah, obviously after the course, you're, like, you felt like you had this crazy experience. Mm-hmm. Um, Those guide courses are so intensive. All, all The whole gamut of becoming whole, um, yeah. high-level certified guide, whether it's in a snow space or a wilderness space or whatever it might be, um, it's... Sounds like, I mean, I've never done it, but it sounds like the, like, craziest experiences. Like, yeah. Up there with kind of, like, what you envision when you think of, like, military type totally. situations. And you, like, bond so closely with the people you're with. Mm-hmm. And, like, we had such a kick-ass group of people. And it was so positive And, like, I was just, like, thankful that I attracted those kinds of people <laughs> on, the, like, that scenario. Yeah. Because it was, yeah. Heavy. 
Yeah, and you're, like, bonded for life. Like, you'll see them again and be like, thank you. Yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome. So that's, like, yeah, just one of the biggest, like, stories of this year. Recent time. Yeah, yeah. and just, like, accomplishments and, like, journeys for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. Um, Thank you for being on the podcast and sharing everything. And for people that want to follow you or be in touch with you, what's like a good place for them to find you? Yeah. Instagram is awesome. Yeah. Um, And then also girls do ski and you can totally find And they're both on Instagram. And what are Mm -hmm. the handles? Um, Evans underscore Leah is my personal one. And then um, girls do ski is the other one. No spaces, no anything? Yep. Nice. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, and then wait, everybody also has to watch Dream Job. By Katie Burrell and uh, Cabin Jam. And you can find that online, too. Nice. Okay. Well, everybody has homework, I guess. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) No, but thank you so much for letting me come into your home and chatting with me and um, taking me heli skiing for the first time in my life. (laughs) Um, But yes, of course, all of you guys at home, you know where to find me at Amy Ski on Instagram. Um, I hope you guys are all having a happy winter, shredding, having a good time, accomplishing goals of your own somehow, some way. And um, we will see you next time on Long Underwear. What does a love of the outdoors and renewable energy have in common? Protect Our Winners is making the connection between outdoor lifestyles and climate action. Powell believes we can achieve a carbon neutral future by 2050 and that we're not that far off. In 2019, renewable energy supplied more of America's electricity than coal. And in 2022, renewables are expected to surpass fossil fuel growth. By 2035, it will be more expensive to run 90% of natural gas-fired power plants than to build wind and solar farms with storage systems. That's a world quickly headed toward carbon neutrality. Hikers, bikers, runners, skiers, and snowboarders unite through POW to help policy at the state and federal level, adding more renewable energy to the grid. Join them on the trails and on the issues that matter most. Learn more at protectourwinners.org. This podcast was brought to you by Warren Miller Entertainment, who you can follow on social media at Warren Miller ENT to keep the good times rolling. Long Underwear was produced by me, Amy Ingerbretson, as well as Jesse Hackett and Jessica McGee from the Warren Miller Entertainment team. 